Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. This is Karen, and I'm so glad you joined me. If you maybe already listened to this podcast and thought, what in the world? Um, this podcast episode is titled Swallowed Up, and <laughs> I recorded it earlier. I went back and listened to it, and I sounded like Minnie Mouse. <laughs> I have no idea why. Has something to do with the tone and the settings that got reset when my app updated? I don't know. But I'm going to try to speak it in my normal voice this time. So here we go. Swallowed up. I was swallowed up by technology earlier. And so here I am re-recording this. Hopefully it will come out with just as much passion and, and meaning as it's supposed to. Because this is what God put on my heart. And I start out every podcast with a pod quote and it's just a quote or a scripture or a verse of something that I want to share with you that has to do with the meaning of the podcast. Sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with the podcast, but I just want to share it anyway. But today's does. And this is a quote by Tim Keller. God is both too holy and too loving to destroy Jonah or to allow Jonah to remain as he is. And God is also too holy and too loving to allow us to remain as we are. And again, today's podcast is called Swallowed Up. So if you think maybe you already know everything about Jonah, you might. I didn't. I've had some revelations lately. And so I wanted to share those with you. And so I hope you'll hang in here with me. All right. So have you ever felt totally swallowed up? I mean, it could be by anything. Your schedule, your to-do list, um, I don't know, some difficult heart-wrenching, frightening thing that you know you have to do that you don't want to do, or maybe you feel swallowed up by anxiety and depression, like a lot of people here lately in the age of viruses and chaos and riots and just all kinds of problems uh, politically in the country and with natural disasters. I mean, have, have you felt like they're pushing in around you so, so much so that you feel like you're going to be taken down and pulled under, swallowed up in one big gulp. I know that I have more than once this year, as well as many times in my past. Um, what about feeling like a relationship is swallowing you up and it's just threatening to take you whole. It takes all your time and your energy and it's not supposed to, because sadly I've been there in that regard as well. I let a relationship in my life become way more important than anything and anyone else, more important than God. Ultimately, that relationship failed because really neither one of us had our priorities in line with what they're supposed to be. And we would have been able to face the trials and difficulties that we ran into if we both had put God in the middle of ourselves and in the middle of our relationship, but we didn't. We let lust and selfish wants and desires and lies from the world just swallow us whole. You know that old song that says, um, I only have eyes for you. Yeah, that sounds romantic, but when you take your eyes off Jesus and you only focus them on one other person or one other thing, it doesn't turn out well. You kind of get lost. You get swallowed up by that other person about by his or her wants and priorities and desires and swallowed up in distraction and eventually end up feeling like you're, you're going under. And that was just not at all the direction I was headed. So, but maybe somebody needed to hear that. So a lot of things threaten to make us go under, um, because life definitely has a way at times of coming at you 
and trying to either swallow you up in one big bite or nibble away at you one little aggravating, annoying, hurtful bite at a time. And when it does, the result can turn out the same. You, you become swallowed up by whatever it is and all of the little things that are going on. And, and there was someone in the Bible who knew all too well about what getting swallowed up was. And like most of us who feel that something is swallowing us, it was all due to, um, mostly due to his own poor actions and decisions, right? Some people blame the whale. Others blame the sea. Some blame God, but it wasn't their fault. And the, it wasn't God's fault that Jonah ended up in the sea and swallowed by a big fish. Um, it wasn't God's fault. It was Jonah's. And, you know, a lot of people have heard of the story of Jonah and the whale. And I kind of gave the clue from the pod quote from the very beginning, right? But I hope you'll hang in here with me because a lot of people have heard the story of Jonah and the whale. Um, but I wanted to tell you how it applied to my life and hopefully to your life too and uh, see what you think so because for a lot of years I heard sermons and stories about Jonah and the whale and in case you aren't familiar um, I'll just kind of give you a little synopsis of it this is not you know a precisely 100% word for word from the bible so don't hold me to that this is a synopsis and this is what most of us have heard most of our lives until we dig into it and study it it's a story about Jonah, who was a man who was called by God to go to a town called Nineveh. And he was supposed to give them a message from God. And Jonah didn't want to do it. He knew clearly he was supposed to go there, but he ran away from God and tried to do anything he could not to go to Nineveh. So much so that he got a ticket onto a ship and he went in the opposite direction God called him to go. And so once he was out on the seas, the waters started to churn up really heavily and storms started to hit. And the crew and other passengers tried every which way they could to try to steady things on the ship, um, but it didn't work. They fully expected God when they prayed to him to calm the seas, but God didn't do it. And Jonah finally, down in his little stronghold, he was held in under the... Um, Inside the ship, he finally came up and said, hey, um, the reason the storm is here and things are so bad is because of me. It's my bad. I ticked off God by not doing what he wanted me to do. And now he's trying to take me under. And if you all don't throw me overboard, you're going to go under with me. Um, and they said, um, well, they understood it, but they weren't going to do it. They wouldn't throw him overboard. They tried to hold on and hold on until they knew that if, if that if they didn't do it, that something drastic was going to happen, um, that they had to do something drastic first because they were all going to go under and they were going to die if they didn't. So they finally did toss Jonah into the sea. And when they did, the storm calmed down and they were fine. They gave this, <coughs> the sea what it wanted. They did what Jonah said. And in the process of Jonah sinking to the bottom of the sea, he was swallowed up by this huge fish presumably a whale and later spit back up on the shore a few days later in Nineveh where God wanted him to go in the first place coincidence I think not God is sneaky like that <laughs> he is purposeful he's genius he's brilliant because I'm sure Jonah would have thought okay well here's the storms but I, I doubt he ever thought he would become fish food so here's the thing when you hear just portions of this story um, or you read the kids version or you hear a little synopsis like I gave you, the picture you 
can get is this man Jonah running from God and some crew that eventually becomes scared and then angry and tosses him overboard and this huge devious whale swallows him up and spits him back up on the shore where God wanted Jonah to go in the first place and that's kind of the picture we have in our heads and while all of that is true there's more to it than that and something hit me the other day when I was reading the book of Jonah that I wanted to share with you because here's this guy who knew full well that if he ran from God God was going to catch up to him I mean he knew God that well and he knew what he was supposed to do but he ran from him anyway does it sound familiar (laughs) have any of you been in his shoes before I mean come on Jonah wasn't stupid but he wasn't being wise at this point he got on a ship that went out into the deep waters in an effort to avoid God where God Uh, to avoid where God wanted him to go and I'm thinking he knows the power that God has and yet he goes to someplace like out in the sea as if he doesn't think God could catch up with him I mean he should have been a little bit more prepared at least snagged a scuba suit or some floaties and taken them with him I mean how did he think it was going to end again I highly doubt that he thought it was going to end up with him becoming fish food right but we act the same way don't we We go into a situation knowing full well that it's not where God wants us to be or it's not what God wants us to be doing. Like we don't know God might not shake things up or toss us overboard if we don't pay attention and follow his lead. So the reason I say that is one time, um, and I've only done this once with a speaking engagement, but one time I agreed to speak at a conference and I knew full well that I shouldn't be going to it. And let me back up here and say that I have sadly gone my own way more than once and run from God. But this one time, it had to do with a speaking engagement at this event that I knew I shouldn't go to. I mean, I prayed about it and I felt in my heart, no, I shouldn't, no, I shouldn't. And then I started doubting what I was feeling. So I can't tell you all the nitty gritty, but the organization who asked me to go was what I would call a quasi-Christian Um, they weren't Christian at all, but they had the Christian name. They said they believed in Jesus and in the Bible as the, um, eternal word of God. But some of their events and statements I had read up to that point leaned towards something else, but I didn't dig into it enough to really find out what it was. It concerned me, but really I was in a mindset at that point that I shouldn't turn down any speaking engagement, no matter what. I got that nice little bit of worldly advice from a speaker's bureau, by the way, that wanted to represent me. They wanted me, they, they wanted to be my agent and I did end up turning them down before this, but that little seed that they planted that said, don't ever turn down any offer to speak, no matter where it is, it stuck in my head and it grew into a seedling and some piece of me added to the end of that. Don't turn down any offer to speak, no matter where it is. Because God will eventually bless it. Okay. Have you ever done that? Just decided that you can do whatever, however, say whatever with the caveat at the end. And God, I'm doing it for you. So I know you will bless it. Right? Okay. Like, Lord, I honor you and I thank you so much for this triple layered chocolate cake I'm eating at 3 a.m. So I know you won't allow me to gain weight, even though it's. 3,000 worldly calories because I will praise you for it. (laughs) Or, you know, Lord God, I know this might not be the best choice to make, 
with this guy, but he really likes me and I want to see where this is going. So I don't want to scare him off. So please protect me from STDs, pregnancy and from getting hurt. And I will praise you every day. I promise. <laughs> um, or Jesus, forgive me for taking out a loan for $55,000 for this car. I just, I know you want me to have good things. So I know you'll bless me with the money to make the payments. Okay. So these might sound extreme and maybe not so extreme to some of us, but does it sound familiar, familiar to you or similar in the realm, big, small, somewhere, some sort of conversation that you've had with God where you're asking him to bless your disobedience? I've had it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I mean, this is what I did with the speaking engagement. After all, I went with the right heart and the attitude. At least that's what I thought. And I thought, well, if I'm going with the right heart and attitude, then maybe I, Karen, a speaker, could reach these lost people. And maybe all those times that I prayed about this and felt deep in my heart and spirit that I should not go, maybe I was wrong. If I went with the right heart, then God would just simply bless it. Or maybe God would change his mind <laughs> and I could what? Somehow show God that I could do more than he thinks I can? Ha, let me just share this. If ever you think that you know more than God or that you can show God that you're more capable than he thinks you are, stop, get on your knees and start praying. Because let me tell you this. God knows you inside and out, and he believes in you far more than you could ever believe in yourself. He knows what you're made to do and gifted to do. So if he tells you no, it's not a commentary on your capabilities. It's a message on your mission. He sees what you cannot see. He knows what's coming when you don't. And I really liked what I just said. <laughs> so I'm going to repeat that. Okay. He knows what you're made to do and gifted to do. So if he tells you no, it's not a commentary on your capabilities. It's a message on your mission and you need to listen to him. But at this particular time, I didn't, I wasn't having it. Where I should have gone was supposed to be um, just to this little small Bible study that I agreed to go to and I was going to share my testimony with these ladies, but I canceled on them the week before to go to this other place so that I didn't go to Nineveh, I took the ship instead. And let me just say that I truly think that if there had been a boat to hop on and a cup of water, God would have dunked me in it that night because that's what it felt like happened. Only bigger than a cup of water because what happened was a chain, chain, chain of bad events that swallowed me up and spit me out. And not ironically, right where I was supposed to be all along. I'm not kidding. So I played Jonah for a night. No, I didn't sit with the dying fish in the belly of a whale, but it was that kind of an adventure of sorts. And in the midst of it, it stunk. I mean, it was not a fun experience. It wasn't really though, until a few years later that it dawned on me that I had a little Jonah connection going on. Um, but just this past week, I realized that I had even more of a connection than I thought because yeah, I had let the Bible study group know I couldn't make it, but you know, they were disappointed, but they were really gracious. And as far as the graciousness, that was really sweet, but that was the, that was the end of the sweetness, um, for a little while, because again, I went through a really difficult time. It was crazy because in prepping for my speaking engagement, 
I should have gotten a clue, but I was clueless. My computer wouldn't work, so I had to use someone else's to complete my notes. Then my printer wouldn't work. Um, I had to change my outfit twice, not because I didn't like it, but because um, I spilled something on it the first time. And then the second time, my dog jumped on my uh, pants and got mud on them. And it wasn't even raining outside. I don't even know where the mud came from. And no, it wasn't poop just saying it was just weird and then as I got in the car I realized that I had forgotten to fill the tank with gas now I'd left myself enough time so I wasn't concerned about the time to, that it took to out of my schedule to go get gas but I was concerned considering what I'd already experienced that I might spill it on my outfit I didn't but the card reader at the tank wouldn't work and I had to stand in line behind a bunch of other frustrated people who couldn't get their cards to work either. So by the time I got on the road, I was running what I would call behind because I was raised. My dad said, if you, your curfew is 11 o'clock, you need to be in here by 15 till 11. And if I wasn't there 15 minutes before curfew, then I was late. And so I have been, that's been ingrained with me. I've always been, you're, you're not late unless there's a big, huge reason you're not late. So I always make sure I give myself enough time. So after I did stop for fuel, got through that process, I breathed in, breathed out, and I thought it's okay because I left that. Thank you, God. Thank you, Dad. Have enough time. So then about, it was a two-hour drive, around a two-hour drive. So about an hour into my trip, I got a call from the people who were expecting me to come. And my phone didn't ring, but I heard the sound for a voice message. And so when I listened to the message... The woman's message said, Hey, Karen, I'm looking forward to see you, seeing you, and I'll be there right on time. I'll see you in a few minutes. I'm like, what? I had, to, I had to think about, I'm like, wait a minute. I had almost an hour left to drive before I was even going to get there, and she was going to see me in a few minutes. So I looked at my clock, and my clock was right, and no problem. So I pulled over, and I looked up the directions again, and it showed that it was a two-hour drive. I mean, it was fine. And then I saw this little tiny note at the bottom of the directions that said the church was in Eastern time zone. I thought the town I was going to was in Central time zone. An hour difference. I knew it couldn't be right, though, because I'd been to that town multiple times, and I knew that it was in Central time zone. Well, as it turns out, technically, I was right. The town was in Central time zone. But the church was out in the county just over the border of the state in eastern time zone, not central time zone. And I didn't know it. I was going to be almost an hour late. And considering I had given myself some extra time, it was actually going to be 45 minutes. But 45 minutes late to a speaking engagement. I about fainted. I'd never done this before. And so I called the woman and I explained to her that I was running late. I didn't get into the nitty gritty because it was embarrassing and I didn't want to take the time to do it. So I just told her that I was running late and I was very sorry. And the thing that bothered me most was her reaction because she acted like she really didn't care. I don't know what I expected because I didn't want her to yell and scream at me, but she didn't seem to, it wasn't that she wasn't even flustered. She didn't say, oh no, or, you know, well, what can we do? She just said, oh, it's fine. We have music. Um, so we'll do a long set and we have announcements and such. So it could definitely stretch out and it's no problem. Just get here when you get here. Like, and that was it. I was like, uh, okay. 
so after I kind of digested that, I was praising God because I thought, hey, this woman was cool about this. This was a major mess up. And I thought, see, Karen, God knew this would happen and he's blessing me. This is what I was supposed to do. No, because just about that time when I started to digest that, um, steam started rolling out of the hood of my car. Yeah. So I pulled over and just as I pulled over, the car died. Now, this was the major lesson I learned, um, in that moment was that you really need to have some sort of auto service attached to your insurance or triple A or something. Cause I didn't have it at that time, even though I had car insurance and I had to have something that would, you know, I could call them and they could get a tow truck for me. Didn't happen. Um, so I didn't know how to get a hold of a tow truck and I did not have a smartphone at the time. So my husband was on duty at the fire department and I couldn't reach him and my parents were out of town for work and I basically had no one to call to see if they could possibly come and get me. So I was relying on God to send a tow truck down the road. (laughs) This was before Uber and I definitely couldn't afford a taxi to come get me and drive me all the way to the next town. So what did I do? I prayed. And as I was praying, I thought, oh, this is amazing. I kid you not, my phone rang. And it was the woman from the church that I was headed to, the the Christian organization, uh, quasi-Christian organization. And she said, Karen, how are you? I said, oh, I'm uh, well. And she interrupted me. She said, I just wanted you to know that we've decided to change things up for the night. So don't worry about rushing here. We'll have a spot for you at the end of the night so you can lead everyone in prayer service. Um, I said, um, okay. I said, what's going on? She said, well, we have an old pastor who just came in from town and he just showed up at the church. He wants to lead everyone in a past life regression ceremony. I I, I said, a what? In a what? And she said, oh, it's where we seek Jesus to show us our past lives and how they've affected our present walk with him. I, I was just completely silent. I had no idea what to say. I had no idea that this church was about this, which is not Christianity, which is not Christian at all. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. That's it. There's one way. Uh, There's one life. We get to do it one round, people. That's it. And I knew there was controversy over some practices, but I'd never read this and I didn't know it was about that. But at the same time, I didn't do my homework. I didn't vet them. And I did not listen to God. So I said, well, I have to figure out how to to get home because actually when you called, I had just pulled over and my car just died and I'm sitting on the side of the road. Uh, I need to try to get a hold of someone to have them call me a tow truck and, and have somebody pick me up. Do you think you can help me with that? And her answer was ready for this. Oh, Um, well, I don't have a tow truck number with me and I don't have a phone book right now. So there's no way any of us could come get you right now. Anyhow, because at least not till the service is over in a few hours, we cannot miss this pastor. And she hung up that that's literally, and that's where it's at. I, I never talked to the woman again. She never contacted me again to find out I was okay. Nothing. So I just sat there in shock and my heart was racing. I started to cry and I thought, praise God, because I have no idea what all I had narrowly missed. I could only imagine what God saved me from getting into. I mean, really God knew what I didn't know, 
but I could imagine. And that enough was, that was scary enough for me. And then just as I was in that conversation with God, my phone rang and I asked God to please let it not be that same woman actually. And it wasn't, it was the woman from the Bible study that I was supposed to go to that I had skipped out on for the speaking engagement. And she said, Hey, Karen, how are you? And I said, uh, uh, well, I'm kind of having a rough night. And she said, Oh, well, I'm so sorry. I wanted to let you know that we're praying for you. Um, we missed you here, but we're getting ready to start in the, the Bible study in an hour. And we just wanted to let you know that you're in our prayers. And I started to cry and I said, well, Val, I really appreciate it. And I'm stuck on the side of the road because my car is having problems. And she immediately offered to come and get me. And she did after, and she got to, to me within about 10 minutes of the tow truck that she had called to come get me. She took me to the Bible study and which we had gotten into, we got there within about 15 minutes after it started. And it was an amazing blessed night, hopefully for them as well, but definitely for me, I, I was just so blessed. So now, as I said, I, I wasn't swallowed up by a whale. But I was bit at and nibbled on by stains on my clothes and computer problems and issues at the gas station, time zone changes, a car that died until I felt like the whole night was threatening to swallow me up. But all the while, God was up to something that I couldn't see in the middle of it. I tried to run the other way, but he saved me just like he saved Jonah. And as I said before, I used to think that the story of Jonah was about this big bad whale who swallowed Jonah and spit him back up. And being in the belly of that whale was some sort of a retribution or punishment for Jonah. But it wasn't. And the stained clothes, the, the embarrassment of being late, the, the car problems I had, those weren't punishments for me running away from what I knew God wanted me to do and going my own way. They were God saving me. Because you see, there's this one little line in the book of Jonah that I used to always overlook. And I really have never heard anyone else talk about it. It's in Jonah chapter 1 verse 17. This is after Jonah gets tossed in the sea by the crew um, from the ship. In, in the midst of this horrendous storm that was threatening to take all of their lives. This storm they knew was going to take Jonah down too. And Jonah knew it. He thought that since he had run from God, well, this was it. This was his punishment down and out under the storm into this watery grave. The crew, uh, again, they thought he was a goner too, because they even prayed for God to forgive them for tossing Jonah into the sea to save themselves and sending him, him to his grave. They asked God to forgive them. But once he was thrown into the sea, um, it was a, a, a little bit different because verse 17 says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. It said the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. This is in the NIV version, but some versions say instead of provided, say prepared or arranged or appointed or anointed a huge fish to swallow Jonah. God saved Jonah. He didn't punish him. He repositioned him. He put him back on the path he was supposed to be on. And that's what God did for me that night. He kept me from getting caught up in what could have been a deadly storm, deadly to my career, deadly to my spiritual life, and who knows what else. And he set me back on the path I was supposed to be on, the one that I veered off of to go my own way. 
But I thanked God, just like Jonah did. Because in, in chapter 2, it says, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. And he said, In my distress, I called to the Lord. And he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. So down there in that water, in that storm, where he felt he was drowning, where it was uh, the water was churning up, he got swallowed up from the, the whale. He felt like he was in this, he prayed while he was in the, in the whale and he prayed and he prayed and he's like, Lord, you saved me. Cause he knew he was proclaiming and, and saying to God, thank you for saving me. He didn't know how he was going to get out of that whale. He didn't know he was going to end up in Nineveh either, but he praised God anyway. I didn't know that the people from the Bible study were going to come get me and they were going to send a tow truck, but I sat in my car and I praised God for what he just saved me from. I didn't know he was going to deliver me to where he wanted me to go in the first place. So I wonder if there's a time in your life when you felt like you were being swallowed up. But in reality, God was providing a way out for for you from something that you were uh, getting into or maybe didn't know you were going to get into that was bad for you. That he was actually repositioning you, appointing all these things that feel like they're coming at you and biting at you and trying to swallow you up. And using them to actually get in your way and block you from the wrong direction or put you on a better path. I'm wondering if that's happened to you or maybe that's happening right now. And you just don't see that those are things of God, not things of, of the world or things of anger or things that are just put there to give you anxiety and stress and depression. But maybe look at it as something different. I think that it's really easy to look at life and see everything so negatively, especially right now. But I want to remind you that if you feel like you're being swallowed up, if you feel like you're being swallowed whole, do what I didn't do. What Jonah didn't do at first either is take some time to take it to the Lord and find out where it is you're supposed to go and what is actually going on. And if you already do know what direction you're supposed to head in, but you're afraid to go there, ask him to give you the strength to get there without having to be chewed up and spit out in the process. I pray that the next time you feel like you're being bit at and nibbled at bite by bite by stress in life, that things seem like nothing but negative around you, that you'll remember that if you're, if you're going to be swallowed up, then God has a plan in it. He will make sure you get deposited right where you're supposed to be once the storm is over. Maybe he's just trying to protect you. You may feel covered up, gulped down, filled up with muck and mire, but God's got you. It may be that in that large belly of that fish, he is protecting you from what's raging all around you and raging on the outside and things that you probably can't even see. So in that frame of reference, I'll repeat the quote I said earlier. God is both too holy and too loving to destroy Jonah or to allow Jonah to remain as he is. And God is also too holy and too loving to allow us to remain as we are. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast today. I hope that you will share it with someone else. Maybe uh, someone you think needs just to hear a little bit of encouragement or hear something a little different. You can find me on Instagram at one woman inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. 
Um, and the podcast is currently on Amazon Music, YouTube Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and it will soon be on Anchor and Pandora. So thank you again for joining me. I hope you have a blessed day.